Father God, thank you, Lord. You are king of all. You are the holy one. Lord, we worship you. We recognize that your presence is in this place. You said that wherever two or three are gathered together in your name, that you would be there. And so we know that you are here. Father, we ask right now that you would touch our minds, touch our hearts, speak to us in a very real and powerful way, Lord, and just let your spirit be relevant in this place. Lord, let us not, let's leave here not the same people that we came in. Just let your name be glorified. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. One of the things I say before I speak most of the time is if I say something, I'm one of those interactive guys. You know, if I say something that you agree with, something that you like, something that ministers to your heart, I want you to say it. Amen. Yeah. Or hallelujah. Or preach it. If, if I say something that you don't agree with or something that, you know, maybe sound, I want you to say Amen. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't have to, but, but yeah, uh, this is interactive. So if something ministers to you, feel free to say amen, uh, or whatever you want to say. <laughs> um, to start this message, I got to go back and talk a little bit about my life. There was a time in my life where, uh, God was really dealing with me about, an, about, about some things. And, uh, actually, this is like during university. I, I was in university. I had done like a bunch of stuff. And so I'm getting ready to graduate or, and, um, I was like the president of student council and, uh, I was, uh, I'm trying to remember all the stuff. I was getting recruited to do, uh, be the regional director for Young Life. Uh, there were so many people who were just like, oh, God's going to do so many great things to you through, through you, Joe. We can't wait to see what God's going to do. Uh, he's got some stuff. And, you know, when people start saying good stuff about you, sometimes it goes to your head. I mean, let's just be honest. And that's kind of where I'm, I want to try. What I want to do today is just be honest with you. Um, these things started to go to my head, you know. So I got out of school and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm about to walk out. I'm about to be this big thing. And that didn't happen. It, it didn't happen. And so I felt a, like very disappointed at this time. I, I really was like struggling with this. I'm like, God, where's all the great things that are supposed to happen? Where are the big things are supposed to happen through me, you know, and all this other good stuff. And um, at this time, you know, when I started struggling, I started praying. I asked God, I was like, God, you know, show me the condition of my heart. This is a very noble prayer. It is not the smartest prayer. <laughs> it is not the wisest prayer. But it's a very noble prayer. God, show me the condition of my heart. And so I prayed that. And God, you know, being a good and gracious God, he did exactly that. He started to show me the exact condition of my heart. But what he started revealing to me, I did not like. I saw that I still had, like, tons of pride. Tons of pride in my life. I had, like, lust in my life. I had selfishness. He started revealing all these things. And I did not like what I saw. So it came to the point where um, instead of these things, him revealing these things and them making me draw closer to God, what they did is my pride got up, my pride started welling up, and it actually made me go farther away from God. It actually made me turn my back. I started getting cynical toward the faith. I started like saying, you know, uh, why are we doing this thing anyway? When, when can I be free of all this stuff? When can I, can I live a perfect life and look good to everybody, you know? Uh, and so I started uh, like becoming very, very cynical toward the faith to the point where at, at, I actually began to walk, uh, contemplate and actually walk away from the Christian faith. And I had an experience. I had an experience with God. And God, uh, I don't know what you guys believe about this kind of thing, but I'm just going to tell you what happened. Um, I was in my bed one day lying down. It was in the middle of the day, just laying down in my bed. And um, 
I felt this pain go throughout my entire body. I can't begin to explain this pain, but I'm telling you, I felt it in my whole entire body. It was so bad that I couldn't even cry out. And so I'm doubled over in the fetal position going, because I can't even yell. And I heard the voice of God as clear as day speak to me. I heard the voice of God as clear as day speak to me. And he said, Joe, you have a choice. You have a choice. You can either get up and do what I told you to do, or I can take you home right now. You can either get up and do what I told you to do, or I can take you home right now. Right then, I was like, God, you have got my attention. (laughs) Lord, you absolutely have my attention. I don't know if y'all have ever come to a point where you've experienced where you're dealing with a real God. You're not dealing with a concept or like this vague and big. You're dealing with a being. And that was the point where I was like, Lord, you have got my attention. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. You say where to go. Lord, whatever it is, you tell me what it is that I need to do. I will do it. And so I felt like God speaking some things to me. And um, I felt like he was saying, Joe, uh, and, and that's what I want to share with you today is the things that I felt like he was teaching me. One of the first things was he was saying is, Joe, it's not good enough just to call yourself a Christian anymore. It's not good enough just to call yourself a Christian, to wear the Christian T-shirt. Like there's tons of people who are wearing the Christian T-shirt. It's not good enough, Joe, just to call yourself a Christian anymore. You cannot live and come into a, a, a experience and a confrontation with God. He's like, you cannot come into this experience with me and not allow me to change you. He's like, I want to get rid of these things. I want to touch these things in your life. But you're like trying to be this close to me, but holding me at arm's length. God, you can touch this area of my life, but don't touch this. He's like, Joe, it's not good enough just to call yourself a Christian. If you want to be Christ-like, i got to do some change in your life. So then um, after this, uh, I felt like he was telling me something else. that, And this was a hard one. He said, Joe... Let's get this straight. I had been doing all this ministry stuff, preaching in different places. And like I said, people were like, oh, you're about to do all these things. He said, Joe, your ministry is not a reason for your relationship with me. Let me say that again. Your ministry, your career, blessings are not a reason for your relationship with me. But Joe, your ministry should be a result. It should be out of the outflowing of your relationship with me. It should be over the overflowing of your relationship with me. And and I was like, wow, I mean, Jesus says it very well. Jesus says it very simply. God doesn't need us to do a bunch of things. God doesn't, does anybody believe that today? God is powerful enough that if he wanted to, he could change the whole world like that. Yes or no? He's that powerful. But he uses us, why? For relationship. And that's what it's all about. And that's what Jesus says in John 17. He says, you know what? This is eternal life to know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. There's nothing more than this. This is what eternal life is all about. Knowing you, the one true God. This is eternal life. Relationship. Does anybody hear me today? I'm like, is this thing on? (laughs) And so um, I felt like God telling me, yeah, yeah, you know, Joe, you're putting the cart before the horse. You're trying to do ministry and you're looking at me because you want to be, you know, you want to do ministry. But it's it's different. It's more important to that, more important than that. And I felt him saying, Joe, you need to get to the point where you are desperate for me, 
where you're desperately dependent upon me, where you're desperate for me. And, and we say that a lot of times. There's that song, you know, uh, I'm desperate for you. I'm lost without you. But I wonder if we really know what it means to be desperate for God, to be desperately dependent upon him, to be desperate for his presence. And so I started to pray about that and ask God, what does it mean? So uh, first of all, I went and I defined the words. What does desperation mean? And so I put the definitions up here. Uh, desperation, actually, and hopelessness are both kind of similar because they're both reactions to, like, uh, to defeat. They're both actions to, like, oncoming defeat, this obstacle that's about to come to you. If you look up desperation, it says despair that prompts reckless or extreme measures in an attempt to escape defeat or frustration. If you go to hopelessness, it's this. Resignation or cessation of activity in light of despair. So they're both reactions to despair. But with hopelessness, we do this. When the obstacle comes, we go, oh, I give up. But with despair, desperation, with desperation, when the obstacle comes, we're like, I got to get past this. I got to push through this. And so there's something that pushes us, causes us to take extreme measures to get past that obstacle. It's like, Joe, I want you to be desperate for me. Desperate for my presence, desperately dependent upon me. I started asking, Lord, give me a true understanding of what it means to be desperate for you. And I felt like he said, I want you to look at Moses, look at the life of Moses. And so we're going to take a second to look at Moses. Now, Moses had the opportunity at one point in his life to fulfill his destiny. He had the opportunity to do the exact thing that God called him to do. What did God call Moses to do? Hello? This is, this is interactive. That's a question. That's a question you, you can answer. What did God call Moses to do? To lead the children of Israel, right? He said, you're going to come back to this mountain. So he had the opportunity to do that. If you turn to Exodus 33, it says this. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place. You and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised an oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebus, all the other ites. <laughs> go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you along the way. Here Moses has an opportunity to complete the very thing that God called him for. Here he has an opportunity to do the very thing, to, to be successful. But what does Moses say in light of this, in light of fulfilling his destiny? What does he say? If you skip down to, uh, to verse 12, it says this. Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me lead these people, but you've not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Here Moses has the opportunity to fulfill his very destiny. And what does he do? He's like, God, you know what? I don't don't know what you do. I don't know what you want to do. I I know these people are your people. These are your people. But God, if you are not going with us, don't send us off from here. Lord, if you're not going with me, do not send me away from this place. And I wonder, like even if myself or how many of us can actually say that, that we'd be willing to follow God even more so than be successful. 
And if you keep reading, he says this. Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. In verse 15, then Moses, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? It is the presence and the power of God that distinguishes us from every other person. It is absolutely imperative. That we have the presence of God. That is more important than any program. That is more important than any ministry that we can drum up. It is absolutely imperative that we have the presence of God. And this is the cool part. Then Moses said to him in verse 18, show me your glory. Show me your glory. And God does it. We know the story, how God hides Moses in the rock, and and he comes and he passes by to show him his glory. And I believe that the reason he did that is because he saw what Moses, Moses wanted more than anything, was the presence of God. That's why he, at 80 some odd years old, could climb a mountain. I don't know if anybody here has ever climbed a mountain before, but 80 years old, climbing a mountain just to be in the presence of God, that's saying something. Hello? Some of us can't get up fragrant hills. I'm just saying. But God, Moses climbed a mountain to be in the presence of God. I was like, okay, Lord, I think I'm understanding what you're saying, but, you know, please continue to talk to me and, 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 and show me. And I started to see all these examples from the Bible where desperate times call for desperate measures. When, you're, when you face desperation, it causes you to do crazy things. It causes you to do strange things. And so I started looking at these examples from the Bible. It calls Moses, desperation calls Moses to give up his very destiny in order to be close to God and know him. It calls Jacob to wrestle with an angel of the Lord all night long not release him and say, I will not let you go until you bless me. Desperation would cause David to cry out from the rocks and say, Lord, you are my deliverer. It's only you that I can turn to. God, I need you. He was so desperate for the presence of God. Desperation would cause an old woman to push through throngs and crowd of pe- crowds of people through her pain just to touch the hem of Jesus' robe. Desperation would cause a man to sit in a garden. And pray to the Father, deep in the Father's presence, until blood would sweat from his head. Desperation would cause that same man to go to the cross, to suffer and die for us. Why? The reason we need to be desperate for God is because first he was desperate for us. Not because he's a God who needs anything, but he was desperate. He was prompted to extreme measures because he wanted that relationship. Oh, somebody should get excited in here. And maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one. God wanted that relationship that much that he would be prompted to go to extreme measures just so that you and I could be able to know him. That's love. That is love. That is the message that we're trying to proclaim today. So I continue to ask God, I'm, I'm getting this, Lord. I, I'm understanding what you're saying. But please give me even a clearer understanding of what you mean by desperation. I'm, I'm not going to stay long here. Worship team, y'all can come on up at this time and like get, get ready. And I felt like he uh, gave me a vision, gave me a, started to speak to me about what this means. And he started to give me this story. He's like, Joe, desperation is like, you know, a child and a father walking through a grocery store. And as they walk through that grocery store, you know how kids get. Uh, all of y'all who have parents, you know how kids get. 
the child and the father be walking together and all of a sudden they get to the toy aisle <laughs> or they get to the candy aisle and the child get distract, gets distracted and starts to look at the candy and toys. And, you know, being distracted, he doesn't notice that his father's walked away, that his father's gone off to another part of the store. But his child is still content, you know, doing what he's doing. When he looks up, he doesn't see his father around or he doesn't see his mom. At first, he'll begin to call out, Dead? 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 He'll begin to look around. Five minutes, those cries, after five minutes, those cries start to get a little bit louder. Daddy! Starts to sniffle a little bit. After 15 minutes, if that child's father does not appear, he is a slobbering mess. Snot down to his knees. He does not care who is looking at him. He doesn't care what other people think about him. He is just desperate to find his father. He knows even subconsciously, subconsciously, that that relationship is that important. That he's got to find his dad. That's a desperation. But here's the cool part. Even in the midst of that, the father has noticed that his son is missing and he's already gone to look for that child. He's already, and then the whole store cannot keep him from finding his kid. There's nothing in heaven and earth. He would move heaven and earth to find that child. That child cannot support the father in any way. That, child, that father needs nothing from that child. But it's the relationship that is that important. The relationship is absolutely that important. Guys, we got to be desperate for God. I really believe that this is what God has done for us, and this is what He's calling. He's calling for some people who will stand up, who will be unashamed of what people say about them, who will be unashamed of what other people think about them, who are not concerned with being successful as much as they are concerned with knowing and being in a relationship with the one true God. This is eternal life. To know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom we have sent. We're going to do something real quick, and this is different from the way we usually do things at CCC, but I want to give opportunity for you guys to respond to this. And so the worship team is about to play a song. Let me say this real quick. I feel the Holy Spirit telling me to do this. Desperation is not something, passion is not something that we can just well up inside ourselves. This is something you have got to ask Christ for. You've got to ask God for. It's not just something I can just mm, and well up in myself. No, Lord, come in. Give me passion for your name. Give me love for your heart. Give me desire for your word. Come in and renew my mind. That is the only way it will happen. And so here's your opportunity today. Right here. The presence of the Lord is in this place. They're going to play a song. And I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to respond. If you are a person who wants to be passionate for God, if you're a person who wants this kind of passion and desperation for God, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come up to the front. And we're going to have people up here, if y'all want to come on up, the ones up, and we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray over all of you. I will pray over all of you at once. This is not to make anybody feel alienated or anything like that, but there's things that happen in the spiritual, and we need to sometimes do things in the physical to, 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 to help. You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I mean, right? So I'm going to give you an opportunity at this point. 
close your eyes. And as I pray, I, and as I pray, I, I want you guys just to start coming up. If the Lord is working on your heart, do not sit in that seat. If the Lord is working on your heart, if he's moving on you, I want you to move out of your seat right now and get to the front. If, if you want to be desperate for God, if you don't, if you want to know this king, this is your opportunity right now. And if there's anybody in this place who does not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, this is the opportunity to come into this place right now to get to know Him. If you don't know Jesus, this is your opportunity. Father God, be exalted. Move right now. Be exalted, O oh Lord. Come in, Lord. Give us passion for your name, Lord. Make us desperate for your name, Lord. Lord, it's only because of your great love that we are here. It's only because of your great love that any of this is, a, is possible. You are the king of all. You are the Lord of all. Hey, God, we want you. We need you. Come in and touch our hearts and our lives. Go ahead, worship team. Sing. As they sing this song, continue to come. If this is you. I'm just before you.
God, we ask that you would stir up passion in us right now. Lord, every person that is up here, and every person in the sound of my voice, anyone who has not come up here, Lord, I pray, God, that you would stir up passion within our hearts for you, Lord. Lord, show us just how deep and how wide and how loving and how awesome and how powerful is your love. God, may we have a true experience of your power so that we will be forever changed, Lord. That it will affect everything that we come into contact with. That it will affect every person we come into contact with. Lord, we pray that your life would infill us to the point where people walk up to us and they just see Jesus. Lord, thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, that you sought us out. You sought us out, Lord. When we were lost, we didn't know where to look. God, you sought us out. Thank you, Father. Come in, Lord, and spark passion within our hearts to serve you, to know you. May your name be exalted in everything we say, in everything we do, and how we live our lives. May your name be exalted. And may you receive all the glory. You are more important than our success. You are more important than any other thing, Lord. May you receive the glory for everything. Everything good that happens in our life. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Just give the Lord a big hand clap this morning.